and Kate aren't doing great. I'm Lily. I'm Kate. And we're not great. <laughs> um, so, this podcast is all about the feelings that we have that aren't good ones and sharing them with you. Because why, Katie? I don't know. <laughs> Misery loves company. Oh, yes, that's why. That's your tagline. You wrote that. <laughs> I wrote it. No one's ever said that before. She wrote it with her voice on this podcast. So, this is a very special episode. Not only because it's episode three, and that's a fun number, uh, but because we have special guest <gasps> uh, podcaster, Emma Jane Goose. Say hi, Emma. Hi. That's what she sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like a Radio 2 presenter from the 90s. I was uh, going for Ross Geller. Yes! <laughs> yes! I got that. Thank I God. got that. <laughs> I was just getting Fraser, so I was just totally missed. Right. So we've got uh, we've got a slightly different lineup from from this from last week. Instead of doing a uh, disaster of the week, we thought that in in sight of things like actual natural disasters happening in the world, that was insensitive, and that we would change it to anxiety dream of the week to keep it less referential and uh, less less valid, <laughs> <laughs> but and, still real, but still and representative of our thoughts and feelings. Yes, so it's still about us. And, uh, about we don't have to feel any feelings about other people. Yay! <laughs> uh, the rest of the lineup is going to be the same. We're going to be looking at how we cope with our misery, uh, how to make other people more miserable with not great advice, and the best named, <laughs> least rewarding segment of our show, which is depressives, recipes for the depressed. And we'll end up with uh, am I a dreadful person? So. Uh, you know me and Kate, but let's let's have this. Let's just check in with Emma. Uh, so, who who or what are you, Emma? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I am Emma Jane the Goose. Mm-hmm. Um, what what is in like demographic information or if you were a dating profile, what would you put? Yeah. What does your Twitter bio say? Yeah. My Twitter bio <laughs> says. Hashtag intersectional feminism Ooh. at UCU Trade Union Higher Education um, at Chef Fem Archive Sheffield Feminist Archive um, researches religion and rape culture um, and assistant editor of History Matters own tweets purple heart emoji. <laughs> I can't believe you know. Yeah. It's because I've rewritten it a lot to get like in the characters. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I've put a lot of thought into it. It's I've precise. It's definitive. Thanks. It's it says a lot about you. And it's and it's the character limit. Yep. So it's so everything you'd want in a Twitter She's efficient. Bio. I'm efficient, yeah. And as opposed to my Instagram bio, which is Tyneside Sheffield. Tyneside Sheffield. My Instagram bio is just emojis. I don't know what mine is, guys. Like, um, I'll find out. You find out. Don't. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like how it should say more about the depths of my soul or something. What's in my mind right now is that we're sat in a room doing this podcast, which my main memory of is well, I've still got like a photograph from like a disposable camera taken from this room that my mom found in like a top drawer when I moved out, which is like me as a 14 year old. With like a black hoodie, like fully drinking a bottle of navy rum from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> with these like bags under my eyes, my hood up, and my green t-shirt like, on. Like if I was gonna Just... introduce myself in terms of Emma, it would be hi, I'm Lily and I'm a bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh. I don't think that happened a lot, to be fair. Well, it happened enough. <laughs> happened enough. Happened enough. Yeah. And we're looking at this this window, which like you can step out of into the backyard, which I always thought was just the best thing when I was younger. Oh. I just thought it was like you can be inside and outside without a door there. <laughs> like Magical. that's really good. Uh, yeah, I think maybe it happened a lot if that's what you thought as a child. Like, I love the joy you can have. I was a child. I was teased. <laughs> but it was good. Trans- liminal spaces. <laughs> liminal, <laughs> that's good. I think maybe you had a lot of room in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now that we know who Emma is, and we'll not introduce me and Katie because we're the same as last week. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we'll 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 go straight into anxiety dreams. I had a doozy this week. Tell me. Tell so my anxiety dream this week was that I was at a pub quiz uh, with faceless characters around me, and uh, I was asked to name as many uh, films that were better than the TV shows they were based on. And there was complete silence in this pub quiz. And in my subconscious, I managed to rattle off like eight. I literally can't think of any. So, uh, Buffy the Vampire. Whatever, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Okay, Buffy. Yeah. Mash. Go for it. Yeah, I went with Mash. Wait a minute. TV shows that are better than the TV shows. No. Films. Films that are better than the TV shows they were based on. So, you think the Buffy film is better than the TV show? You think the Buffy film with Kirstie Uh Swanson Uh is better Uh than the. Yeah, Sarah Michelle yeah. Gellar. We're gonna have to stop this podcast while these two kill each other. No, 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 no. I think you're saying that for the, for the camera. No. <laughs> <laughs> no is one that how you that. feel in real life? Is that just how Pike. you feel in your dreams? Yeah, we all well, we all love Pike, Lily. Well, then he's not in any of the other things, and there's Spike, and he's different. Spike is great. I'm gonna move this conversation on yeah. and say Twin Peaks. All right, yeah. Okay, yeah, Twin Peaks. Uh, I also went with you, any, any other contributions from you two who were conscious while you had this conversation? Nope. No? I can't think of any. Uh, Scooby-Doo. Okay. Monster Island. Again, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not agreeing that these are better. I'm just literally listing films I can think of that are based <laughs> on a TV, TV show. So. Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, five others. But But throughout this dream, when I was, like, naming these things. It wasn't like that I was asked to name films that were better than the TV shows. Sex and the City. I was just there and no one else could think of any and there was just utter silence and I was like, ah, this one. And um, it was insanely stressful. Like a, like, a, like a school exam dream but with the added pressure of like socialising and drinking mm. and cultural references and people going Buffy the Vampire Slayer it's much better as a TV show Sarah Michelle Gellar is that your impression of Anna? no <laughs> <laughs> not at all <laughs> uh, so that was my anxiety which is an unusual one for me because usually it's just about catching trains <laughs> <laughs> that is very anxiety inducing it really really was and I wo- but I woke up like slightly impressed by myself as well uh, yeah that is cool because I was, you know, it's like when in dreams you try and read something you can't read it because you're really dreaming. But I was looking at these other people on my pub quiz, uh, pub quiz team, going like, "Come on, you got to think something." And they were like, "We are but figments of your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> we can't help." <laughs> so there was this like awful, awkward level of of just oh, it's some shame. They literally only know what you know. Exactly, and they were just like looking at me like, <laughs> oh, "I can't help you." Oh. Yeah, my mind is blown right I now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's 
what if that was sounds in your dream. Anyone else got any anxiety of the week or maybe even different topic of the dream? I can only remember one dream that I've had in the past week, which was me just fully explaining the full plot of the final episode of Game of Thrones <laughs> to <laughs> someone who I was talking to. So there we go. That made you anxious? No, that was just literally the oh, only dream. dream. <laughs> <laughs> to fall into kind of similar to yours the performance anxiety dream um so my one go-to example of that which ties into the one thing i ever talk about rupaul's drag race um was i can't remember the context but i just found myself sitting at the table waiting to film snatch game i wasn't in a costume i can't do any impressions all the drag queens were coming. I was terrified. So it's Snatch Game for my mother, who is the only person who listens to this and doesn't understand cultural references, is uh, a game on RuPaul's Drag Race that is, is it Blankety Blank? Yeah, it's Blankety Blank. It's called Match Game Big in America, match. which is oh, I didn't know Snatch that. Game comes from. Snatch means vagina. Yes. Yeah. Education. So, <laughs> so it's where drag queens dress up as celebrities, play Blankety Blank, and make it about vagina. Yeah, yeah. Basically. So you were you were, your anxiety dream was about suddenly having to be performing on that show. Yeah, I wasn't prepared. Oh. I hadn't prepared at all. Um, I also like a good anxiety dream about having to travel in the next twenty minutes or so, and I'm still in the house and I haven't packed. Mm. So mm. got to be at the airport, but I haven't made any plans to get there. Mm. You can't get a Newcastle airport in twenty. Exactly, that's the fear. You've been set up to fail. Oh, yeah. So there you go. But no, no anxiety dreams or any other dreams apart from Game of Thrones in the last week. (laughs) Is that any good subconscious content? Yeah, my I have a lot of anxiety dreams, um, and my anxiety dreams, like eighty percent of the time, feature like completely around my cat. Oh, I know. And it, my cat, Ziggy, who you can find on Instagram, <laughs> hashtag InstaZigs or Zigstagram, and you'll find them. <laughs> and because um, I'm just like really into my cat, basically. And um, so it'll be, it'll be Ziggy in a form of transport, whether it's like a crashing plane or like a train hanging off the rails, or at one point even a submarine. And like the first one was a plane, and the plane was like crashing like really violently. But um, Ziggy was like in a box on my lap and I actually felt quite alright because he was like, you know, everything was like going to shit, but he was like in my lap in a box. Whereas on the train, it was like sort of better because the train was hanging off the tracks. There was no, it was like, oh, oh no, the train's hanging off the tracks. There wasn't like chaos everywhere, Mm -hmm. but Ziggy wasn't in his box and I was just holding him and he was like, you know, ears down, really stressed Mm -hmm. and like wriggling. And that was, and he did get away, and then Marilyn Manson turned up. Oh, God. I don't remember what happened after that. But then, and the submarine's fuzzy as well. But that seems to be a recurring anxiety dream for me, that my cat is somehow in danger during oh, travel. I like oh. that in one of them he, like, soothed you. And yeah. it was, like, yeah. a good thing. Because there's this thing in, like, films where you can, you can up the tension by just giving someone a kid. 
like mm-hmm. oh well if the train's about to crash it's fine because they're like oh no there's a child on board I feel like that's what you want other kids to have like yeah he's deaf I was saying this to my mum today actually <laughs> that um you know like he is like my child like I you know he's he's the first thing that I've had that I've been like solely responsible for mm. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like sometimes I look at him and go I'm like your guardian Ziggy you know I'm like your responsible adult so I think I do project a lot of my anxiety onto Ziggy in general, not just in my dreams. Mm. You know, because I'm like, you know, feed him, water him, give him his injection jabs at the vets, mm. and yeah. then, you know, like, that's me being an adult. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's good. Oh, yeah. If you're in yeah. peril, he's in peril. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Have you had any horror dreams about your kids? Yes. Wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is not the great. Like, tell me about something traumatic. Moving on. <laughs> about cute cats as well. My pet-related stress dreams tend to be that I come home or wake up and there's suddenly twenty cats, <laughs> and I've got to make sure that Nina is safe and I keep track of her and she's not being bullied. I had a similar dream about my hamster who's been dead for a good few years now but I was like oh is he okay where is he gone <laughs> um yeah so that's my my cat being swarmed by other cats mm. I don't know what that means but I probably don't want to know I feel like yeah I feel like Emma's dream Emma's anxiety dreams featuring her cat are anxiety dreams turned up to 11 whereas yours are like different from your regular anxiety dreams which, I mean, if you're a psychologist or reasonable person, please write in. I'll be listeners in. to what, <laughs> does, <laughs> what does this all mean? Help us. Uh, so we'll try and have some subconscious thoughts next week uh, and, and get back to you on anxiety dreams. Because <laughs> I think it's got legs, this segment. I think it's got like... Disturbing it's, legs. It's got you some in, insight. Spider legs. Into, into how we process things. Uh, last week's coping mechanism review fe- featured on uh, bloopers. We looked at lots of different bloopers of lots of different things uh, because sometimes watching bloopers can make you feel alive again. Always. Uh, and we mentioned that a couple of them were of makeup tutorials. So again, for my mum, uh, who doesn't go on YouTube, a makeup tutorial is is oh, self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> <tutorials>. <laughs> specific to our generation that we go on YouTube and we watch how you do something before we People do it. Had how to it's videos an encyclopedia in the, on the internet. We didn't have an encyclopedia of contour, did we? Yeah, but people didn't contour in the past. And likewise, they didn't have a way for you to go, right, so I bought this one thing and I am this one colour. What do I do? Because that's what I use makeup tutorials for if, if I'm using them practically. I want to know how someone who is um, brown <laughs> uh, applies their makeup well and uh, doesn't look like a white, a, person. a white person yeah basically basically that's what I want and I can find that like I showed Kate a video of Anushka Anushka she was lovely she was lovely ah uh, except she was very irritating oh she wasn't too bad but, like <laughs> She uh, kept telling us what she was doing wrong, which uh, I'm not. We don't. We don't do Is that. Is that ever. not a patriarchy, though? 
It might be. It, it is. might be just like in a turmoil of a woman. And, mm-hmm. I'm and she was probably a teenager as well. Yeah, she was very young. Um, she kept saying things like, oh, my nails aren't done. And I was like, your nails are the most done of anything that I've ever seen. But being able to watch Nishka put her makeup on did make me go, I can contour. Like, I can do that. I can, I, I might do that. I could possibly do that. Could if you wanted to. Could if I wanted to. Uh, but the big way that we watch drag queens as a team, mm-hmm. well, not as a team, but the big overhang of the way that we watch uh, makeup tutorials is we watch men put makeup on. You might want to really pause that because this is where we watch drag queens. Oh, the big way that we watch makeup tutorials as a team is by watching men put makeup on. Yep. Uh, so men. Kate is obsessed with drag queens. How? Where are you on the spectrum of obsession with them? I mean, pretty pretty obsessed. I've been quite like hardcore into it for quite a few years now. As far as watching makeup tutorials for fun rather than instruction, a drag queen makeup tutorial is a funny. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. funny is the is the is the goal word and then be like quite burning like but by watching makeup tutorials where people are um trying to like do something really ambitious like essentially change the gender that they're they're presenting as and uh do it in a like a really glamorous way it's hey it's just not what i'm doing when i'm doing my makeup when i'm doing my makeup i'm going like how do i make it so i look less like i'm dying um so it's just very affirmative to feel like you're part of something that is about art rather than hiding. Well, that's literally what it is. It's Mm. that drag makeup is performance makeup. Mm. So they're not going, oh, I've got a slight bump in my nose that I don't want to highlight. It's how am I going to look like a woman from 50 feet away in a club when everyone's smoking. Which, Which sadly is like the big difference between watching it uh, a woman do a makeup tutorial is they'll say things like if you don't want to highlight the bump in your nose or yeah. like the zits that you have or something that is just sort of like kind of part of being human they're really focusing in on how you can improve your flaws yeah you're rather looking, than like, looking for perfection rather yeah. than performance uh, and Sharon said that she needles Sharon needles Flora in case yeah. <laughs> 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 Sharon needles the drag queen you know she said she never wanted to create a character that someone wanted to fuck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas maybe that sometimes, you know, yeah, that is because it's performance yeah. femininity, isn't it? In both cases, and if it's if it's a man performing as a woman, then you can sort of be you can look at it through one lens. But if it's a woman performing as a woman, you're looking at it through the lens that you're in, and that's yeah. much less fun. Yeah. Even though actually, like, if when I do my makeup like properly, or if I'm looking on Instagram for things. It will be to impress women, not men, oh, for sure. most no. of the time. I've, I've gone on dates and gone with no makeup, and I've gone on dates to see Katie and been like, well, I need to have my game, and I need to do my nails. Like, I'll, I, I dress for people who I know are going to go like, oh, this highlight is lovely, rather yeah. than, you look nice. It, I'm very particular with my makeup tutorials, and it's always for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. Um... So, how do I contour when I'm a ghostly white person? Oh, this was um, a problem I didn't know. <laughs> because when you contour, you have to add a, a colour that is lighter than your skin tone as like a way of creating shine. But there is no colour that is lighter than Kate. 
So yeah, Seriously. you've got to find a ghostly white person to learn from. So my friend Becky, you know Becky? I know Becky. Very pale, maybe even paler, maybe even paler than wow. you, honestly. And the only foundation she can use is bone by Estee because <laughs> it's like paler than ivory by a, by a long shot. I so bought a foundation that was bone. true ivory and it was orange on yeah. me. True ivory. Wimmel, wake me up foundation. They do it no. true ivory. Yeah, I that's, like that. That is I'm... literally what it was. Yeah. Rimmel, wake me up, true ivory, orange. Exactly. Because <laughs> you see, I used to, I used to tease Emma because Emma and I are both of the same gene pool, and she would use different continents. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like your sister. <laughs> same gene yeah, pool, yeah, like yeah. similar similar gene pool. Um, and she would use ivory or you use porcelain. Yeah, porcelain, porcelain sometimes and ivory makeup, yeah. and I would be using like sun kissed or some shit like natural beige phraseology for for gravy distill coloured skin. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chicken gravy. Really <laughs> uh, and I'd be like, "Wait, why are you betraying our, our <laughs> genealogy?" But from this, from this interaction, Thank I you. can tell that like it's not that pale. Actually. It's not that pale. No, it's really not. Um, I just need anything that I can spackle over my face, and you can't see the veins under my <laughs> eyes. That's <laughs> all. That's all. <laughs> Um, other makeup tutorials I've enjoyed have been makeup with glasses. Oh yeah! Literally, it's so it. I was out on an extended night out. I knew contact lenses were not going to last in photographs at three o'clock in the morning. How do I wear my glasses and still look like I've made an effort? YouTube can be helpful. YouTube answers. But aside from that, I don't want to watch people put a lot more effort into makeup than I'm ever going to have the time, energy or yeah. motivation to do, unless it's drag queens, unless there's glitter involved. I uh, had a 70s Hindu tutorial, so I decided to watch some historically accurate, oh my god, <laughs> so I forced these guys to watch it because I was like, maybe my rage was misplaced, was my rage misplaced? No, no it wasn't. Oh my goodness, no. this woman? <laughs> I have chosen the word woman because I don't want to say anything really bad about it because I don't know her life. But she should, <laughs> she should look in the mirror more closely. Take the Afro wig off. Yeah! <laughs> oh. And like, look at her cultural references because once you're saying things like, well, I mean, the 1970s were heavily influenced by Liza Minnelli's film. Cabinet! <laughs> oh. Oh. She's so bad. I wish that woman nothing but ill. <laughs> I watched the whole tutorial just getting more and more irritated by her because she had this way of like she looked very tired throughout the whole thing but she had this really chipper voiceover going over the top of it that made no sense and then she got to the point where she was talking about why she was wearing an afro wig and she was like it was because of African American women and then other people wore afros and the people that she had chosen to wear it was two pictures of Bette Midler uh, with a perm and you're like <laughs> sweetie oh Curly hair. Yeah, curly hair. that's not the same. And then she said, I've got very curly hair, which is why I've chosen the afro, and then put an afro wig on, on top of what looked like her straightened her curly straight hair. ginger hair. <laughs> Sweetheart. Sweetheart. She tried. I mean, if you're going to watch makeup tutorials, don't watch that one. Maybe just stick to drag queens. Maybe drag queens are realistic. 
I watch makeup tutorials when I have stopped making any effort with my like appearance and need to be reminded that it's possible. Like I can look good. <laughs> uh, when do you did you ever watch the Be Like podcast? Um, only the drag queens. Um, and only and only specific funny drag queens. Yeah. I don't want to watch people who are actually trying to look good because right. that'll make me feel worse about my hair that I haven't watched in sixteen days. So instructional for specifics, uh, funny for when you need fun. Hey, hey, there you go. You've got your medicine for the week. couple of weeks I'm going to be moving house uh, and I need some advice on how to do that because I have never done this before I've no idea I've never moved out of my house before um, I don't know what to do <laughs> like what do you keep what do you take how do you move from one point to 354 miles away when you don't have a car or any money or any bags I have no bags. Just start collecting boxes. You need boxes. Well, how are you going to move down? Are you going to rent a van? I think my mother is going to rent a van. Nice but in a van or a car? In her car. I don't know. What do I take? What do I, what do I leave? Like, I can't take any furniture because I moved from a house to a room. Well, that's fine then. If you're only taking the essentials, then you, don't, you, can, you can fit them in a car. Really? <laughs> I, I think sometimes it's worth investing in lidded plastic boxes oh that's a good idea yeah because then you can use them as storage in your room and they're like much easier to stack obviously and you can see what's in them for like ease of unpacking i think that's a good idea and like you know that that, that's what i did when i most recently moved home also i've stopped buying food on account of Mm -hmm. i don't want to have to throw away any food and i also don't want to take any food with me but um there's only so much frozen spinach a girl can eat Save that for depressively blue. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think don't take anything you can buy down there. So unless you've invested in some really nice toilet weeds and stuff, don't waste your time on that. Oh, but how about actually? I don't know where to live. This is this is not so much advice. I'm asking for like, please witness me have a breakdown. I don't have good advice for this. So I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of Emma's no, advice. No, I need your not great advice. That's okay, my not great advice is don't get rid of anything. <laughs> <laughs> don't pack until the day that you need to move and then just throw everything into a box and take everything. Or have a complete breakdown and have other people pack your things for you so everyone knows all the things that you have and don't know where anything is right that's my advice i like that advice. <laughs> you could like extend your credit card and literally pay people to do it for you basically go around, go around your house and like pick up anything that you've actually used in the last year yeah. and if you haven't sack it off sometimes you need to do that man sometimes yeah. you need to just be a brute one so and then you'll have for the next week is to throw things in boxes hire someone to move leave everything behind yeah <laughs> great work guys uh this week's the recipe spinach the best the best title and the worst segment it, uh, it has potential it has so much potential <laughs> um and we're gonna 
use that detergent in the form of Emma Jane the Goose. So Emma's uh, suggestion for depressities this week was it's your boyfriend's birthday. Um, or, or any other significant It's your significant other, other relationships are available. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's your significant other's birthday. They're not like doing great. You're not doing great. You want to celebrate at home. How? Buy it. Order it. <laughs> don't, don't put any effort in. We live in a service industry. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to put any effort into anything. Someone um, else can make my cake. I don't have an oven, so I can't make you a cake. Significant other. I will... Yeah, I'll buy a cake. Or... You know what? You know what? You know what? You know. Right, okay, so the answer is... Everyone loves a theme. Everyone loves a theme night. You can eat anything, as long as it has a theme to it. Okay. So, like... It'd really brilliant thing is just to choose their favourite film. What's my significant other's favourite film now? Oh my god. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, so if you watch Finding Nemo, fish and chips, brilliant. No. Or, like, um, kelp. <laughs> Everyone's favourite meal. Happy birthday, here's some kelp. <laughs> I'm get like you get like some crispy seaweed from a Chinese restaurant. Uh, make some like fish shaped biscuits. Hide one somewhere. Have them find it. Oh, this is delightful. <laughs> but like, who? What? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but like, you can't say fish and chips. Why? When you're watching Finding Nemo, fish are friends, not okay. food. So just chips. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What depressed person's doing all that? It's a safe space. Um, all right, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> also, like I, I invited her here. Yeah, I'll let her. I'll let her sit here. As her well-adjusted guest and and be well-adjusted at work. And now she's just complaining. <laughs> yeah, I'm take. I'm sorry, everybody. But our supermarkets not the worst place to be when, especially if you're. On the more anxious level of anxiety, I'd like never like fully just like fell over with anxiety <laughs> in a particularly big Morrison's. Just like nope. Grab it. These affecting me much more than usual. Um, yeah, yeah. I get things delivered to my house, so I don't need to leave or. Plan things while I'm in a shop. I can't do this too heavy for me to carry home, so mm. I bulk buy it from Asda. And the man regularly goes, "How many cups do you have?" One. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I sometimes still get um ID'd for alcohol. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. So I save my cat food buying until I need to buy alcohol and haven't got ID. Yeah. I've got my ID. Because I find that if I buy Felix and Sauvignon Blanc, <laughs> they're going to think, well, you're old enough to be lonely. <laughs> <laughs> so you're old enough for this southern hemisphere oh dry white wine. You oh, have entered fantastic. into the spirit of the <laughs> with such a plum. Um, yeah. Okay, so I feel oh, like this question wow. is just highlighting why I don't have a significant other. Because I would, like, feed them the wrong thing. 
Yeah, when you're sad by yourself, you can just buy whatever cake you want to be in the comfort of your own home. Uh-huh. There's no responsibility for other people's feelings. I think when you're cohabiting with someone and it's their birthday, and like they're depressed, you're depressed, you want to make them a cake because you don't want them to feel depressed on their birthday. But you really don't want to fail at making the cake. Mm. That's our advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, my my go-to with cooking for others is to involve them completely, like <laughs> and get them to do it. Yeah, essentially, like if if I've got people coming around for food, usually. It involves them cooking the food with me, so it's like a communal experience. Oh my god, you did that with the burritos? Mm-hmm. You've done that with me with the Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> You've because, been rumbled. Because then it's like, it's like a thing, like, no one can go, God, that was awful, because then they'd have to go, like, I made this horrible food. <laughs> uh, and also, it's kind of like, you get they get to see what went into it, so they can go, like, it was really worth doing this thing, and then, right? I feel like that was depressing, so we thought that cute. was quite depressing. No. <laughs> Yeah, that we put the depress in the recipe there. Um, cool. This week's Am I a Dreadful Person uh, is really close to last week's Am I a Dreadful Person. So me and Kate both are without, uh, what's the word? Anecdotes? We are fantastic people and there's no evidence to the contrary. This week. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to use it as an excuse to interview uh, Emma Jane the Goose um, with all those hashtags and ats in her title. So Emma, when was the last time that you had a thought or event that made you think, am I a dreadful person? <laughs> um, most days, actually. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I think I'm probably inherently quite a selfish person. I'm going to blame that on being the youngest in an extended family. I think I'm probably quite selfish um, and I'm genuinely ashamed to like share any, <laughs> any of my thoughts that act as evidence <laughs> but yeah I often catch myself thinking things and going you're awful do you know what I mean mm-hmm. I um, do I know yeah my my last experience of thinking Am I a dreadful person? Because I've remembered it suddenly. Was that I was on the bus, and there was a man doing man spreading. Um, you kicked him in the balls. No, I was sitting behind him, and he he was man spreading so much that sitting behind him on a, on a different row, he was somehow in my space. Like he had his arm over the back of the seat, Aww. and he had like his head really far tilted back, and like I just felt really intruded upon. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't a quiet bus, it was quite full. And I just started staring at the back of his head thinking, like, I hope that someone you love sees you doing this and thinks, you know what, I'm not going to love him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that when you get off this bus, your heart does like a little flutter and you think, oh, that's probably nothing. And then you die. Like, it got really dark, guys. You have taken me to a dark place. But like that was that was me thinking like am I this person? Because he hadn't done anything like specifically bad to me. He hadn't stopped anyone from sitting down next to me. It wasn't that busy a bus. I just was I can share a man spreading story where I know I'm not a dreadful person. I'm a wonderful person. 
interesting. Um, so listeners from all the way back in episode one may remember my fun cough that I had. Um, so I was on the metro home from work with a man spreader who was spreading by putting his hand along the window quite close to my face. So to which I dealt with for quite a while and then just naturally had to cough up half a lung. <laughs> Alt in the vicinity of his mouth. And this man was not a happy man. He was he looked shocked, terrified, and I'm like, good. Yes. <laughs> if you yes. don't if you don't want my germs, you don't. put your hand on my face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm I'm here with you. We're British, we don't want to touch anyone or have even the wisp of an idea that that might be an option. But I think I think my my mind's very thing was that I was taking up what I conceive as the correct amount of storage with, which is as little as possible. Like I consider which bag I'm gonna take onto the bus so that I can do the smallest package that I can do. Oh no. And then this man just didn't have any of those considerations for other people or like himself and I felt just like I quite enjoy taking up more space than I feel is allotted to me as a woman in public to the point where I did hit a man in the face with my bag yesterday (laughs) and so maybe I have done dreadful things and I just don't feel bad about it anymore but no my bag was quite pointy as well I had boxes in and it just don't come close to me and I won't cough on you spread my germs or hit you in the face true that What's your feeling? Well, I quite like unashamedly hate a lot of people with impunity, really. <laughs> like in in the street, um, on the bus, at my place of work, um, all the things. I I I think one of my main emotions that I feel regularly is indignation. Mm. Um, and I never I never feel guilty about it, like ever. Maybe I'm a sociopath. No, no, I think that but, indignation um, is, is like it's a reaction to sort of an injustice, isn't it? So Yeah, I, I feel I feel a lot of injustice quite regularly and like find it really hard to like deal with anything that I think is unjust or irrational in some way and I find it very hard to keep it to myself. Um or feel or, or feel guilty about it in any way, I think. When I witness an injustice like that, I just turn it all inwards and uh, and seethe and sort of like, um, yeah, I internalise it. What, so what do you do? Do you? Well, I took a personality test with HR at work. <laughs> Was this That's a good start to a story. Was that um, a mandate? No, everyone did it. But I mean, I've been like, like, I've I've left jobs before after like. You know, a, I go red in conflict. Basically, right. is what the personality test said, which apparently isn't a bad thing. It's like directive leadership, blah blah blah. blah. Basically, you took you took this test. I forget what it's called. It's like a triangle. It's a triangle, and then one point is green, which is like analytical and logical. Yes, One's blue, which is like nurturing. And red is like, bad well, you know, it's directive, <laughs> bad. Yeah, that's how we and then, yeah, and then the hubs in the middle, 
which is a bit of everything. And you take all your your questions and you're plotted on the graph. Mm-hmm. And um, and so everyone at work did it, and then everyone was plotted on the graph. And like pretty much everyone was in the hubs. One person was in green. Quite a few women were in blue and I was in red out of 20 people (laughs) then you had to take some more questions about conflict and you put your post-conflict self on the map as well and most people just you know little little shuffle and I sort of (laughs) like right to the like other end of red um so I think that's probably very true I just go um, it's probably not like, a good thing all the time. I, you know, I find it hard to deal with authority sometimes. Um, well, I think it's working in the higher education sector when authority is is, is white men, mm, yeah. and they're often very mediocre as well. But I guess, like, I think that would be like the workplace, wouldn't it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, um, I think that we've had enough of people who just like get on with with figures of authority and just don't shake the boat and stuff. Maybe it's time for more people who challenge that, that challenge it, but the system. Yeah. I wish that I had that in me. Whereas when I see someone do something wrong at work, I uh, the last time that I saw someone do something wrong at work, because I've just handed my notice in, I laughed in her face and left the room. Because <laughs> 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 I thought, I don't have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> and that's what I did. I just, I just laughed till I left. And then I came back and uh, said to my other colleague, did you see that? <laughs> I've honestly uh, been the same. Um, as I spoke about last week, I've just changed job roles. And since I found out that that was happening, in the area that I've been leaving, I've been like, okay. <laughs> okay, so I see that that's happening. That's interesting. That'll be fun for everyone to deal with. Not me. Good day. <laughs> So yeah, not productive and no, wider no. society, but whereas going, that's not right. You yeah. should fix that, stop that now. It's actually slightly different. You know what that means? Well adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> so our well adjusted guest is not a dreadful person. She is a delight. She's a productive member of society as opposed to us who are just like Meh. So she's 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 a delight. Uh we aren't doing great. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.